You're listening to Next on the Tee. Heard around the world on great sites like TuneIn and Podbean. Hear your favorite PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors sharing their stories, insights and tips to lower your scores every week here on Next on the Tee. Now, back to you, Chris. And now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is one of the top instructors anywhere on the planet, and that's Mr. Tom Patry. As you guys have heard me say over the last several weeks, we are fortunate enough to have Tom joining us as a regular guest now a couple of times a month. He was a Division II national champion and an All-American at Florida Southern. Golf Magazine has named him a top 100 teacher every year since 2000. Golf Tips Magazine has now named Tom one of their top 25 instructors in America, for the 2019 and 2020 seasons. As you've heard Tom say a couple of times here, not all that long ago, when he last told me a couple of weeks ago, he recently accepted the position as director of instruction at the Hawthorne's Golf and Country Club just outside of Indianapolis. And uh, get ready, Indy, he's coming your way in May. And I'm extremely honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, TP, thanks for joining me again tonight. Christopher, what's happening, my man? <laughs> How are you, Tom? Man, if I was doing any better, Chris, I'd be you. <laughs> Indeed. So, Tom, like I teed up a moment ago, but I want you to say it again. For for those of us who weren't who uh, weren't with us last time and uh, don't know, your new summer home is going to be at the Hawthorne's Golf and Country Club up in Fishers, Indiana, just a little north of Indianapolis. Talk about uh, your new home. Because I'm starting up there May 7th. I'm joining uh, an old friend of mine, Mr. Tommy Moore, who's the director of golf and general manager there. I'm really excited about it. I've uh, The club has now announced that I've announced on social media, and I've gotten an unbelievable response. I mean, I just it's incredible, you know, in, in this day and age, how many people, and you certainly know this, how many people are on social media, how many people actually look at social media. And although I do a lot of social media, it's just incredible to me when you post something the response you've gotten, and I've got a really warm response so far. I'm really psyched about it. I'm actually going up there April 17, 18, 19 to do a little presentation to the membership to say hello and uh, then start officially May 7th. So I'm pretty excited about it, and and they seem to be excited about it too. So I, I can't wait to get uh, get my oars in the water. Tom, I want to I want to go back. Speaking of social media, I saw that you uh, you posted recently about the instructors that you learned a lot from and one of them was ken venturi how did you get connected with uh mr venturi and what did he teach you ken venturi uh the connection with ken venturi chris started because of my time at westchester country club and the buick classic obviously the buick classic was covered by cbs kenny sat in the 18th tower with jim nance for so many years and uh we kind of connected just started talking on the range one day during one of those early buick classics in my career i, I spent 11 years there and uh, we hit it off right away. And Ken was just, um, Kenny was a person that if, if he realized that he had a passion for golf and loved the game the way we all do, or so many of us do, he um, he was a giver. He was a guy who would open his heart up and uh, and share his experiences with you. We, we, we had more than one lunch together. I'll tell you a great story. We all know the story about the match, the great the great book that was written about the match between Hogan, Byron Nelson, and Harvey Ward. Ken Venturi at Cypress Point years ago and you know that was always a legendary story before it was even in print and I I had heard the story you know unofficially from a lot of people and I got to have lunch one day and 
and Kenny told me the entire story from start to finish in his own words. Um, it was probably two and a half hours of the uh, two and a half of the greatest golf hours of my life. Um, so he was extremely, extremely forthcoming and extremely open to uh, to talk and help. And we, we got to spend a couple of different really fun occasions together. He was just a wonderful, wonderful man. And Tom, when I think about you know the the, the great things that you do now, and you're a great uh, junior teacher, you've got a lot of young students. And you've got students, you know, uh, through a variety of different ages, all the way up to, you know, obviously folks around your age and my age. Talk about your instruction, and and does it vary with with respect to the age group that you're talking to, or is it more around a, a player's ability? How do you assess what what way you're going to teach somebody? Is it age, or is it ability, or is it a little both? I think, Chris, I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think one of the things that I I do fairly well is I really assess who I have in front of me, you know, what, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. You know, um, if Mr. Smith comes to my tee and he just wants to hit the golf ball up in the air and hit it a little more solid and enjoy his golf club and he's a 20 handicap and he'd like to be a 17 and that's kind of as much work as he's going to put into it, you can't expect him to do things like, you know, go to the range seven days a week, eight hours a day and pound balls. He's not going to do that. So I was very, honestly, I was very bad in the first third of my career at hoping, wishing, and not understanding when somebody just wanted to go to the club and hit the ball up in the air and have a little bit of fun. I, I thought everybody should work like a tour player and grind it out and, and you know, you know, go to the gym and stretch and work out and, and do all and work on their short game endlessly. And, and at age 60, I'm, I'm a little bit more cognizant, thank God, that, you know, it, it all depends on who I have in front of me and what their aspirations and goals are, not what mine are. Um, so I think it's it's not only age, it's ability, and it's and it's certainly beyond that. What does that student want to accomplish? What what are they there for? Not what what do I want to accomplish? What would they like to do? So the first lesson is an interview process, and I'm very very explicit about the interview process and asking them what what they're there for, what they want to get out of it. So um, I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. So, Tom, I want to get uh, some short game tips from you. And you put a great video together for a standard pitch shot for when we're 20 to 30 yards short of the green. And, you know, you're looking at a, a relatively flat lie to a relatively level green pin in the middle or the back. Walk us through how to decide which club to use and how we should set up to the ball and what our swing length should look like. Well, Chris, I think the first thing is I think people – kind of do it backwards. I mean, so many students who initially come to me, you know, walk up to, especially when we're given a playing lesson, walk, you know, to their golf ball from their golf cart or from their golf bag with one club in their hand, and they've already kind of preset their destiny. So one of the things that I want people to do is I want them to evaluate the shot first, the quality of their lie, how much, how much, how much room they have until the green begins, how much room they have on the green, the location of the pin, you know, the firmness or softness of the green, the undulations in the green, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So once they've kind of pictured the shot because of the information they've gathered, then I want them to ask themselves one final question. Okay, if I picture the shot being played this way, what club would allow that to happen? I want them to back into the club selection, piling the information and really analyzing the situation in front of them. So I think too many people go to that, that short game shot with a predestined idea about the club they should select and, 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 you know, and they don't have any imagination about what's going to happen in about 30 seconds when they pull the trigger. 
So I think backing into the club selection is very important. And then as far as the technique is concerned, you know, I think it depends, again, who you have in front of you. Some people have very gifted hands. Some people don't have very gifted hands. So I would teach those two people two different styles of chipping and or pitching the golf ball. You know, one are going to be more of a connected situation, more of a body chest rotation shot. And some people are really good at manipulating the club with their hands. So, again, I think it goes back to Chris, who you have in front of you, who you, have in front of you what their skill level is, and, and, and what kind of shot are they trying to play. And, Tom, you recently shared in your newsletter how damaging negative self-talk can be, and we talk about that a lot on this show. In your newsletter, you wrote about something that Dr. Bob Rotella once shared with you. Do you mind sharing that story? Well, first of all, Dr. Bob is, 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 a, is an amazing character. You know, I mean, I, 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 my connection to Dr. Bob, just to go back a little bit, Chris, is, is through a guy named Dick Coop. Dr. Dick Coop is at the University of North Carolina. Those two fellows were really, in my estimation, the pioneers of sports psychology, especially golf sports psychology, uh, just to give you a little background in Dick Coop, Dick Coop taught people like Corey Pavin or coached people like Corey Pavin, Payne Stewart, and a guy named Michael Jordan. So, you know, he, he's no slouch and he's no, takes no backseat to anybody. And he and Bob were good friends and they shared a lot of information early on in their careers. Bob was a little bit more of a promoter. Dick was a little more laid back and stayed home, but they both helped me a lot. But the story you're referring to is that Bob once shared with me that the most damaging thing you could ever do is in your own voice, let your own ears hear you say something negative about yourself. You know, if you and I were playing golf together and you hit a bad shot and I said to you, man, Chris, you really stink, you'd probably turn to me and, and have some response from me that wasn't extremely positive <laughs> and tell me to shut up and, and mind my own business. But we all do that to ourselves. We all say, hey, you know, that man, Tom, you stink, Tom, you, you, you're lousy, you're, you're, you're a chopper, whatever. I, I, don't, I don't do those things. That was a lesson I learned a long time ago. You know, I might think them, but you're never going to hear me say them out loud about myself because that's the most damaging thing you can do is hear in your own voice, in your own ears, say something bad about yourself or disparaging about yourself. So, you know, one of the things you can't do is you can't, you can't verbally express negative self-talk. It's the most damaging form of of criticism you can ever in, in, you know inflict on yourself. Tom, I want to get a, another playing lesson from you, and, and a place where I and so many of us struggle is with lag putting. You know, so many of us, including me, got my hand raised in the air here. You know, we'll three putt three or four times in a round, and those are sort of unforced errors that are costing us strokes because we'll take that thirty or forty footer, and we'll either leave it five or six feet short or running it five or six feet, five, five or six feet uh, past the hole. How can we do a better job of controlling our distances? You know, Chris, it's funny you say that because my last lesson tonight was at five o'clock tonight. With the, I'm not going to use the man's name. as a member at, at Esplanade where I teach in Naples. And I've been working with him for a while and, and, he's, and he struggles with his golf game a little bit and he's really working hard. And I got a little feedback from a, from a secret admirer of his, and he has never expressed to me that he had any putting problems. And he, this fellow shoots in the mid-90s, and that's what he's told me at least. So today, as we started the lesson, of course he wanted to hit, you know, have a full swing lesson. I'll just call, I'll just call him Bob for, for, the, for, this, for this interview. I said, Bob, I said, let me ask you a question. What did you shoot yesterday? 
He said, oh, Tom, I played terrible. I hit it terrible. I shot 95. I said, Bob, do you mind if I ask you? And, and he's really worked hard on his golf swing in the last year. I got to tell you, he's really put some time into it and he's gotten better. I said, Bob, do you mind if I ask you how many three putts you had yesterday's round? And he very nonchalantly instantly replied to me. He said, well, I counted him. He said, I had 12. I said, 12? I said, you tell me you three putted two thirds of the hole yesterday? He goes, well, well, yeah, why? I said, well, why are we standing on the lesson tee? Why, why don't we walk over to the practice screen? He goes, well, I, I want to hit my driver bet. I said, Let, let's do a little math. I said, if somehow I could walk over to that practice screen and I could eliminate 12 three putts, I could just get you to two putt 12 times, what's, what's 95 less 12? And he started laughing. He said, well, 83, but that's impossible. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, we've worked on the full swing for a while now. I said, let me ask you three questions about putting. Do you have to be strong to be a good putter? He said, no. You have to, I said, you have to be fast to be a good putter? He said, no. I said, you have to be able to leap tall buildings at a single bound? <laughs> he said, well, no. I said, so what's the number one reason? This guy is not uncoordinated. He's decently coordinated. What's the number one reason why Tiger Woods putts better than you? And he said, town. I said, no, wrong keyword. It's time. He's put much more time into his putting than you have, and he's developed a feel for distance by doing repetitions at various distances. I said, now, sure, there's some mechanics involved, but the mechanics of a putting stroke are much, much more simplified than that of a full swing, you know, smaller range of motion, lower speed, less moving parts. I said, come on, let's take a walk over to the putting ring. So we spent about an hour and a half over there until it almost got dark tonight. And he did. A, he, he started horrifically in terms of his distance control. And by the time that we, our time was done tonight, he was doing a wonderful job lagging the golf ball. I said, Bob, here's the deal. I want you to spend more time on this putting ring in the next two weeks than you have in the last two years because <laughs> you haven't spent any time here. So that's not going to be hard to do. I said, I want you to start keeping track of your of your of your of your three putts and tell me what happens. I said, well, Chris, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna predict the future. You can ask me next time I'm on with you how Bob's doing with his putting. Okay? Because I know what's gonna happen, because I've done it with people before. He's gonna have this miraculous epiphany that all of a sudden he's a decent putter and he's gonna break ninety on a regular basis and he's gonna think that I'm Jesus. And I'm not Jesus, I'm Tom. <laughs> you know? So so it's the number one way we get better at, at putting, and I'm going to ask you this, Chris, what's your handicap right now? I'm a 12. And, Chris, I know in the last two or three weeks, you've probably spent countless hours on the putting green, haven't you? <laughs> Indeed I have, Tom. <laughs> now, why are you laughing? No. I heard that chuckle in the background there. Okay? Uh, no. no, I have not. Okay. So, Chris, how much time have you spent on the range in the last two weeks? Uh several hours okay so i want you to do me a favor i want you for the next two weeks to reverse the time and location of your practice so i want you to take two hours and i want you to stay off the range for two weeks which is other oh. than other than other than other than when you warm up before a round to go okay you're allowed to warm up but right the practice time any dedicated practice time in the next two weeks I want you to spend exclusively on the putting ring for two weeks, and then I want you to let me know how you're making out. Why do okay. people mismanage? 
I don't understand why people mismanage their time so much. One of my, one of my spokes in my, in my book, The Six Spoke Approach, is time management, okay? And this might come as an epiphany to a lot of people out there, but you should spend the most time on your weakest link, not the most time on your best link. What a revolutionary idea, huh? It's just incredible. It's just mind-boggling to me. <laughs> Good point. Tom, oh, I got a couple incredible. more before we let you go. One, one of the things in the new issue of Golf Tips Magazine, you uh, have an article in there uh, about a, about the time you spent with Jackie Burke, who was just inducted, oh, by the way, into the Houston Sports Hall of Fame, along with our good friend Dan Pastorini on the football side on our on our show Thursday Night Tailgate. But they both went in together here just a, a couple of weeks ago. But talk about the conversation that you had with Jackie Burke and how we can be sure our club face is square to the target. Jackie talked to me a little bit about club face and, and how people do not realize that slight deviations in the club face make huge, you know, huge, huge swing errors occur. And that most people make some of these errors before the club ever goes in motion. So one of the things I took away from that conversation with Jackie was one of the things I build into every pre-shot routine of every student I work with is I ask them to grip the club and then hold the club up at eye level with their arms fully extended in front of them. It's amazing to me how people don't detect a club face error on the ground, but when they put it up at eye level and extend their arms forward, they say things to me like, oh, that club's a little closed or that club's a little open. So those little tiny things that they can understand in their pre-shot by putting their hands on the club correctly, good sound grip, and then having that grip match a perfectly square club face because they checked it at eye level. And the reason it's so easy to check it at eye level and it's so much more um, accurate at eye level is that if, in case people out there didn't realize this, the good Lord built us as vertical binocular animals. So when we stand erect and look at something in front of us with both eyes level with the horizon, that's where we're most accurate. So we check it up there at eye level and then we set it down on the ground. And it's incredible how people who have hit shots offline suddenly grossly and accurately change their dispersion pattern to be much tighter. Um, so Jackie was really big on understanding the club face and the relationship between the club face and your hands on the club. And why wouldn't you build something like that into your pre-shot routine? What, what, you know, it's going to take you an extra two seconds. And the previous edition of Golf Tips Magazine, Tom, you talked about the keys to a good stance. Walk us through how we know we've got our, our uh, bodies in a good stance. Well, you know, there's a couple of things that are really important to me about, about your stance. The width of your feet, the flare of your feet, and and the alignment of your feet. So. If you get too wide, you can't get off your right side. If you get too narrow, you're going to probably lose your balance. If your left foot isn't flared at all, depending on your flexibility level, your pelvic region will be retarded in its rotation to some degree. And, and then certainly, you know, being centered in your feet and be attentive to, am I in balance before I play? Because if I'm, not in, if I'm not in balance before I play, I can't be in balance during my play. So... I get people very intended to the width of their feet, the flare of their feet, based on their flexibility levels. And then certainly, you know, one of the last things I ask you to detect before you take the club away is, do I feel like I'm really centered in my feet? Do I feel balanced in my setup? Because if you don't start in balance, you can't stay in balance. So I think attention and just awareness during the pre-shot routine is a big deal. And I think people kind of rush through that sometimes, and they don't really have a process 
that kind of allows them to check all the boxes. Tom, you've got an event coming up on March 27th from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern time with uh, former Navy SEAL Dr. Joe LaCaze. Talk about what you guys have going on and how people can find out more information and get involved. Chris, Chris, I feel like you're stalking me. Are you stalking me? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows you better than I do, Tom? You know know more about me than my wife does. I I mean, I'm not kidding. It's unbelievable. Well, first of all, Dr. Joe Lucas is a guy that I've become familiar with over the last couple of years through uh, retired director of instruction, director of golf, excuse me, John Kennedy at Westchester Country Club, and one of my friends in teaching, Mr. Barry Triano. But Joe Joe is a former Navy SEAL, an incredible life story, actually, really incredible. And his brother was a Navy SEAL as well, which is really incredible. And you know how you and I both have a passion for the military and what they do for this country, you know, and how much they've given. Well, Joe's given... Right. More than his share, to put it mildly. But Joe has, uh, after his Navy SEAL career, done an incredible job educating himself in uh, sports physiology. He's a chiropractor. Uh, he's got several um, different degrees that relate to the human body. But he's come up with a product called Rotex, and anybody can check it out, Rotex Golf or Rotex, R-O-T-E-X, uh, both on Facebook and on various social media platforms. But it's it's a basically a protocol, and it, it's a couple pieces of equipment that really allow you, in a very brief period of time, to create some releases in different key areas of your body. And when applied to golf, uh, some of the benefits are just amazing. Um, tons of lower body applications, several upper body applications. Um, you know, the, the, the seven areas that I talk a lot about in my teaching are your hamstrings, your hip flexors, your quads, and your glutes, and your lower body, and then your pectoral area, your rotor cuff and your scapular and your upper and your upper body. And Joe's Rotex machines, and they're very simple machines um, and very inexpensive machines, address all those, all my seven areas every single time you touch them. Um, so Joe's coming out uh, the 27th. Gonna, we're going to do a seminar from one to four. We're going to be able to accommodate 16 people. I think we've got, I, I think as I looked at today's schedule, we've got six already signed up. So we've got 10 more spots available. It's $125 for three hours with this guy who's an absolute expert on the human body and performance. It's probably the best $125 anybody will ever spend. Um, and I'm excited to spend some time with him myself because he's already helped me a lot. And I'm, I'm looking for some more help all the time. When you're, when you're short, old, and fat and 60, you need all the help you can get. <laughs> Tom, remind our listeners. Again, how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media. Uh, Chris, the easiest way is through my website, which is just simply TomPatryPatry.com. And then, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, certainly. Um, I'm always chasing you around Twitter. You always, you always beat me to the punch on Twitter, but I'm, I'm still chasing you with all my heart, pal. I'm not going <laughs> to let you get away. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just I love hearing from people. Um, I'm looking forward to making a, a ton of new friends in Indiana this summer. I'm excited about that. But uh, more importantly than them finding me, they need to find you more often. And whoever's out there listening to this podcast, if you've got a friend that's a golfer and is passionate and they don't know about Next on the Tee, please make them aware of it because it is the greatest podcast for golf in the world. Oh, I appreciate you, TP, very much, my friend. 
Thank you for your time. Always great having you as part of the show. That's the, one of the most exciting things for 2019 is I get to have you on a couple of times a month. I can't thank you for your time and everything you're doing for the show, Tom. You're the best. I, I enjoy being on with you, pal. It's always a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's, it's great fun being with you. And uh, I'm going to see you in a couple of days, I think, again. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes, you yep, will. Yep, yep, yep. So, okay, pal. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on. You have a great night. And God bless America, pal. Uh, thank you, TP. Take care, Tom. We'll catch up soon. Okay, bye. That is the great Tom Patry. TomPatry.com. P-A-T-R-I. TomPatry.com. Check out his site. He's got a lot of great videos on there, a lot of great instruction. Please check it out there and then follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, on Twitter as well because he continues to post really great stuff all the time. And now, like I've said to you guys before, Golf Tips Magazine. I subscribed when Tom became one of their top 25 instructors. We've got a lot of other good friends that are in that top 25 as well, thinking about Allison Kurtz and, and Cindy Miller and, and Brady Riggs and, and Tom Stickney. So a lot of really good friends that have been on the show are also in their top uh, 25, and Tom is right at the head of that list. So go subscribe and get a lot of great instruction from there as well. All right, folks, time for me to put a bow on this edition of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks go out again to Charlie Fisher, Tim Simpson, and, of course, Tom Patry as well. Please give me your thoughts. Check out our page on Facebook, Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, and share your feedback right there. Plus, if you have a question for one of our previous guests or one of our future guests, please let me know. I'll be glad to get that question answered for you or asked right here on the show. You can see who some of our future guests are going to be by going online to our site, nextonthetee.net. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate with me and my co-host, Bob Lazari and our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio and that show like this one. Also available as a free podcast over on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom. Our new friends at Podcast.co can't thank them enough for inviting us to be a part of their podcasting site. You can go online to Podcast.co and you can stream any, any of our archive episodes for free over on there as well. On Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends who come on and share their stories from their playing days, plus share insights into what's going on around the league now. Plus, we highlight two players doing great things in their communities on our Spotlight on the Positive segment. You can find that show online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com. This show again, next on the net. Folks, thank you again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you are making part of making us part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Tuesday to hear more stories about the game we love from people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about